Yo. What's going on, Ray? Doing? Good, man. Good. Good, man. So, all right. Welcome back, everybody. This is another chapter of Ball Diary. This is now chapter two. And this is Ray. You can follow me on Twitter at MBA. I'm joined once again by my man, Danny. You can follow him on Instagram or Twitter at based underscore Dan, B-A-S-E-D underscore Dan. Um, so pretty much today, we're just going to give you guys a rundown of the uh, Sweet 16 results and then preview the Elite Eight matchups and then give you guys our final four picks. And then towards the end of it, we're going to give our picks for, as of right now, most outstanding players and just some kind of takeaways that we have. So if you want to just jump right into it, man, let's start off in the South region. Um, this Absolutely. was, I mean, the first day of the Sweet 16 was the most surprising. So first game, Kansas State, Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, I know that oh Kentucky was goodness. your championship pick. So, I mean, what did you take away from that game? I mean, how did uh, I think Kansas State pulled it off? I have a headache just thinking about that game, <laughs> honestly. Like, you, you go in – if you're Kentucky, you're going in riding high. You got the momentum. You had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nice start to your tournament winning two games. I mean, not against the toughest competition. Uh, I mean, you had Davidson and Buffalo, but then you, you get challenged by K-State, who, again – isn't the cream of the crop of the the Big Twelve, but still a formidable team, and they didn't. I just feel like they didn't show. They didn't give it their go. That's the thing with the team that your coach, right, Coach Cal. I mean, I mean, if you look at it, they they shot horrendous. The whole game was sloppy. It was it was dirty. It was it wasn't anything of uh, finesse and beauty by any means. It was a tough grinded out game. But look look at Kentucky how they're shooting sixteen of forty two from the field. My goodness, mm-hmm. 16 of 42. That looked like a 2006 Kobe stat line from field goal, 16 of 42. Um, three of 12 from the three. They throws, and they made 62% of them. You hit yeah, 70%, terrible. you hit 75% of them, you win the game. Uh, they out-rebounded Kansas State. Uh, they only had six assists. It was just wasn't their game. I think I, that's how it is in the NCAA tournament. You have one shot to prove your worth. And when you're not showing up that day, you're really not showing up that day. It's might as well just take your lunch pail and go home early from work. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, Kevin Knox had 13 and eight. Uh, Shea Gills Alexander filled up a stat sheet 15, five and five. Had five turnovers. Oh, PJ Washington, man, absolutely. I think balled out. If he would, he even said in his press conference it wasn't good enough because they lost. Good, good answer by the way, mm-hmm. PJ. Um, but you know, and he even mentioned if he would have hit some free throws, you know, it could have been different, uh, different uh, game out- outcome. Uh, Diallo didn't show up, only two points. Um, but credit to Kansas State. Uh, Cardi, Diara, uh, Stokes, Barry Brown, Xavier Sneed, especially Xavier Sneed, who had a really good game, 22-9 and nine rebounds. Uh, my hat goes off to Kansas State. You know, th- thank you for knocking off my champion uh, <laughs> chip uh, contender. And uh, way to make my bracket toast. Yeah, I mean, you're on the same bracket as me now. Same boat as me, I mean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to be honest much. with you, when I was watching that game – the things that stood out to me right away is, is the obvious, right? Kentucky has all freshmen, right? So you're Mm -hmm. getting all these freshmen that are coming straight out of high school. They're not used to losing. They're not used to being in these type of situations. And the first two rounds, when I saw Kansas state offensively, they were not impressive. They were not impressive this game as well, but their defense has been the best in the entire tournament. They've been stifling. I, it's honest they've been for three straight rounds they've been phenomenal defensively they made the game ugly and i thought in order for them to even have a chance the game had to look ugly it had to be scrappy and gritty and kansas state made the game that style 
and that's why they got away with the one. Xavier Sneed was unbelievable. I mean, that guy's been showing out. He's a bull. He doesn't stop. Defensively, he's awesome. I could even see this guy playing at the next level. He's 6'5". He's really good defensively. He has a decent enough shot. I mean, they just took it to Kentucky, and they were not going down. And I think Kentucky came into that game riding high, right? Freshmen, mm-hmm. they were confident, maybe a little too cocky, and these guys just gave it to them, man. They, they just they made the game sloppy, and, and they were getting loose balls. It was physical, and that's the type of game that Kansas State needs to play to win, and that's exactly what they did. The tempo, the, um, it, it was exactly the way Kansas State wanted it. They dictated the entire pace of the game. So, shouts out to Kansas State, man. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right on their defense. They caused Kentucky 15 turnovers compared mm-hmm. to their nine, had 11 steals compared to Kentucky's only five, and they doubled up on assists. I only mentioned that Kentucky only had six assists a game. Kansas State, I mean, 12 isn't a lot, but they had 12 assists. So they did a lot of things right. They did, and they're doing this without their best player, their best offensive player. So they, I mean, they just looked like seasoned players, right? Sophomores, juniors, seniors on Mm -hmm. the team, and and they just controlled the the pace of the Mm -hmm. game. They they made the Mm -hmm. game ugly, and that's the type of game that Kansas State needed in order to win, and they they executed the game plan perfectly. So shouts out to Bruce Weber. He's back, you know. Yeah, we haven't heard of his back. name in a long time since since taking yeah. the U of I team to the championship. But he's got that team playing some unbelievable defense, man. I like. I was shocked how good defensively they were that game. Absolutely. Now, if we move down to the South Region, what do you know about the? What do you know about Chi Town, man? What do you know about Loyola Chicago going to the lead eight? When a thriller, another thriller, one point victory. Uh, their victories had four points. Um, yeah. in three games so it's it's unbelievable the way they win and unbelievable the kind of heart they display and and honestly credit to Nevada too they played an outstanding game as well to you know battle back clutch shot to clutch shot going at it uh Cody Martin uh and played a really good game um and then when you have uh Kayla Martin with 21 as well they they, they had the formula to win but Loyal just grinded it out what do you think about that game Ray? So I had, you know, I had that matchup correct. One of the few things I had correct on my bracket, I had Nevada moving on. Um, to be honest with you, Loyola, I mean, when, they, when Loyola went up 10 points, that's, I was like, okay, this game's not over. Like, this is when Nevada turns it up. And that's exactly what they did. But honestly, exactly. their defense was just terrible. Their def- they could, I mean, Loyola was having layup lines against Nevada's defense. Right. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were they were getting back cuts. They were getting it was like wide open, no contested layups. And and I mean, Nevada fought all the way through. The Martin brothers stepped up. Jordan Caroline had a pretty efficient game. He had 19 points, five of nine from the field, seven of eight from the free throw line. Both Martins played well. They just didn't have enough. No one else shipped in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And Loyola, the, one of the surprising things about Loyola is they have depth. Everyone Everyone yeah. contributes, right? Adoree Jackson came off the bench, gave him 15 and four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, Clayton Cluster, solid game, seven of nine, 15 points, four assists. It controlled the play, pace of the game. They played the way they want to play. Nevada fought all the way to the end. I mean, give credit to them, but again, came down to one point. All their wins was two points, one point, and then one point again. And, and it's like, hey, maybe they're the team of destiny. Maybe they're. They're going to, you know, they're the team that's going to shock everyone, go to the final four, just how Syracuse did it two years ago as a 10, 10 or 11 seed they were. So, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, Marcus Towns makes a very clutch shot. And, and the thing was, like, do you foul if you're Nevada? And, you know, you know, Nevada's coach went out and said, you know what, let's make them make a tough. 
exactly what they did. They got him into a tough situation with three, two, one second on the shot clock. A side three from Marcus Town puts him up. Uh, great shot. I mean, it was a tough shot to hit. Better offense beats good defense any day of the week. Um, but, you know, Nevada had a good strategy at that moment for them. And they pro- and Loyal proved their worth. Cinderella's still dancing. The glass slipper still fits. It does still fit. But I do disagree with you on one thing. I, the, the Nevada strategy to not foul, I think, was a terrible strategy, right? Because they knew they had fouls to give. Mm-hmm. So, if, so if it ever got down to a point where they needed to foul – they knew that they had to foul multiple times in order for for the the Ramblers to get to the free throw line, and and you know yeah. time's gonna come off. So I think yep. when they were down and there was like thirty five seconds left, I think they should have started fouling then, forced these kids to make their free throws, and extend the game out as much as possible. Because you saw what happened. Loyola had the ball; it was twenty seconds. Nevada never got it back. Yeah, right? they had it. I mm-hmm. think it was like thirty five seconds. They started fouling, whatever. Then they didn't foul, and then he hits a three, and then you have yeah. what seven seconds left to try to make up a four point deficit. The game's done. You saw the last possession; they tried to foul, but there was not enough time. Yeah. So, you know what I mean. So, yeah. I think the strategy of not fouling, especially knowing your foul situation, knowing that you have a good amount of fouls to give in order to to make this a free throw game, mm-hmm. I think they should have started fouling a lot earlier, force these kids to make free throws. And 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 giving themselves a chance because I feel like they just really didn't give themselves a chance with letting the clock just run out and waste so much time. Right? You, we've seen kids in college miss big free throws. It's a lot of pressure on them. But I mean, shout out to Loyola, man. They played well all game. Yeah. They had they went up by like fourteen. Of course, Nevada made a run. They always do. But overall, they they outplayed Nevada the entire game. The Martin brothers just kept them in it just because they're they're both really good. <laughs> they're both gonna play yeah. at the next level, in my opinion. You know what I mean? But Hey, Loyola yeah. overall, offensively, and, defensively, they were awesome. Yeah, they played really good. They played very well. Um, you know, they they shot only eight free throws. Um, they shot 38% from the three, um, had 15 turnovers, and they still grinded out to win. That that's just uh, To me, that's just all hard. That's all grit. And, you know, credit to them. You know, the Ramblers moving on. So we have K-State and Loyola Chicago going at it in lead and eight, the, nine oh, versus 11 yeah, <laughs> who, who would have freaking thought, dude? Again, who also would have thought Virginia losing the first round? But anyway, let's move on to the next region. Jesus Christ, I know. Yeah. Um. So, so just to give you know preview the the Kansas State loyal Chicago game. Mm-hmm. How do you think that plays out? And I mean, I don't even know how 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 do you think that's gonna play out? Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, close. I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. a close game. Because both these teams are not going to put up seventy plus. No. Both these teams are, you know, they have, they have shooting. They they can they can defend, um, but I I just think it's going to be one of these games that's like a head scratcher. And people are saying, oh, is this bad for college basketball? No, it's not bad for college basketball. You see a different type of parity. You're not going to have a number one seed versus number two seed in every region, which is great. Uh, but to compare Kansas State to Loyal, I mean, it's anyone's game at this point. There's no clear cut favorite. Um, when you look at Loyola, I think they have a better advantage at shooting. Uh, both are well-coached teams. Um, Bruce Weber has these guys playing hard. I think Loyola moves on to the Final Four. I honestly think they will. Um, it comes down to who can make the better play, and whoever has the ball last wins. And from these past uh, few games, I've been watching Loyola. When they have the ball in the last few possessions, they're usually going to cash out. So I'm going to go with Loyola in this one. So you're going to roll pick, okay. with the – Yeah, I'm rolling with the, with the hometown team of Chicago for me. Man, I, I honestly, I'd be so happy if they did just because they're representing Chicago. But just to just to disagree with you, um, yeah. 
and I feel like, goddamn, at some point Loyola's luck has to run out, doesn't it? Like three the, games. I mean, ask Sister Jean. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta like go. Like she, I don't know what she, what kind of power she has. If she's cursing, I don't. I have no idea. But I, it's like yeah. at some point their their luck has to run out. Um, I think Kansas State. You know, I'm gonna pick Kansas State to move on. I think Loyola Chicago's luck's gonna run. Out. I think it's gonna be a very close game. Um, but Kansas State's defense, man. I'm rolling with their defense. The first three rounds, they've been the best defensive team I see, I've seen in the tournament. Um, I just – I don't know. And, and Xavier Sneed, man, the way he's playing, and he's put, giving your team 20 points, he's locking up your, your team's best player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm just going with it just to disagree with you at this point because I think it's a, 50, <laughs> it's a 50-50 game. So it really is. It I'm going really, really to pick Kansas State, Bruce Weber, going back to the Final Four. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's how we have <laughs> okay. it. So you have Loyola, I have Kansas State. Kansas State. So, I mean, yeah, Bruce Weber, go back to Final Four. But, you know, Darren Williams and D Brown don't play first anymore. I, so, I know. Yeah. But that's a cool story, Bruce Weber going up against yeah, an absolutely. Illinois team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Um, so let's go on to the West, right? A yeah. Shocking, shocking results both ways in the Sweet 16. Florida State, Gonzaga. I mean, what did you see from that game? Uh, Florida State just – they they had that run um, and they played high flying. They played very athletic. Uh, their defense was nice. They did it all. Terrence Mann had a had a great game uh, for them. I believe I believe he had what like eighteen and eighteen filled up the stat sheet a little bit. Uh, Angola for uh, Florida State also filled in the stat sheet uh, with mm-hmm. nine five and six. So they just had a balanced attack uh, when you. Have- starting lineup score and you have you know a few key people off the bench uh, doing their thing um cat oh i can't even say his last name to be honest with you. kevin gelly kevin jelly kevin gelly blocks <laughs> yeah four blocks the team as a whole had one two three four they had they had 10 blocks as mm-hmm. a team and that's that's unbelievable i mean they really stifled uh gonzaga holding up 28 points in the second half they win by 15 Gonzaga just looked tired. They just didn't look like they wanted it, and that's that's another thing. Uh, you know, Hachimura had a good game at sixteen and nine, but really mm-hmm. no one no one really picked it up. They didn't look like last year's Gonzaga team, obviously. But yeah, that's I mean, why that's why they're going home now. So I mean, coming into the game, Florida State, the one thing that stands out with them, they have a bunch of freaking athletes, man. They have exactly they're high athletes, flyers, yeah, high flyers, right? And then shockingly, out of nowhere, Kevin Tilly for Gonzaga is not playing, which is huge, yeah. right? He's a starter for them. He's their anchor down low defensively. Him and mm-hmm. um, Hachimura together are beast down low. And it, it played out like that, right? They needed Kevin Tilly. But the thing that stood out to me most, if you pay attention to Florida State, they play everybody on that team, right? If you look at the minutes their bench guys had, Kevin Gale, 14 minutes. Man, all these guys' last names are weird. Obiagu, mm-hmm. o- 10 minutes off the bench. MJ Walker had 15 minutes off the bench. Terrence Forrest, 23 minutes. Savoy, 17 minutes off the bench. They play 11, 12 guys deep. So mm-hmm. the way they play, how they're high-flying, full-court pressure, bunch of athletes, and they have fresh bodies on the floor the entire time. And like you said exactly, Gonzaga looked tired because these guys were just throwing fresh bodies, fresh athletes at them for 40 minutes, right? Yeah. Um, Zach Norvell, who's been great this tournament, um, Simeon, standout. Um, oh, okay. He went 4 of 16. That hurts because he's their best shooter. Um, Hachimura did have a solid game, but, I mean, Perkins, 3 of 9, 9 points. And then their bench guys, they had 6 points come off the bench. That's it. 6 points compared to 
20 something for Florida State. So, I mean, that was a difference. Florida State just has a lot of depth. They have a lot of bodies, fresh bodies, fresh athletes they can throw at you. And they just, over 40 minutes, it's just a lot. It's a lot to deal with when you're playing eight guys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the stat sheet right now for the teams. I mean, they shot right around the same when Mm -hmm. it comes to uh, shot attempts. But, you know, when you hit seven more shots, obviously it's a big uh, big deal. Uh, They only hit one more three than Gonzaga. Uh, They only shot two less free throws. They got actually out-rebounded by one. Uh, But the biggest thing here, ready? 19 assists compared to seven. That's huge. Eight steals compared to five. And then again, nine blocks compared to, or nine blocks compared to two. So crazy, crazy how the defense actually can translate to offense, huh? (laughs) Yeah. And you remember we're talking, you know, it's crazy because we're talking about it previously, um, just me and you. And we're talking Mm -hmm. about how offense has been the way to go. Offense has taken down the best defensive teams. And, and yeah. This, uh, these results, I mean, you had Kansas State, they won with their defense. Florida State, they won with their defense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Loyal mm-hmm. Chicago, Nevada played crappy defense. So, that, I mean, that kind of was a game where Loyal's offense was just better than their defense. But, I mean, Florida State's been phenomenal defensively and Kansas State. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I guess the, the tables so, yeah. have turned a little bit. And then exactly. we go down and this was just a molly whopping of Texas A&M, Michigan, beating them 99-72. Yeah. to 72. I mean – it wasn't even My close goodness. from tip-off. It wasn't close from I, tip-off. It, you know a team is riding that momentum off a game winner like how Michigan is. When you score 52 and a half, when some teams like <coughs> Virginia score 52 <laughs> in a game, oh you know um, you're going to win the game. And when you go 52 to 28 in the first half, then 47 to 44 in the second, I mean, 99 points in a college game, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. unbelievable. Uh, you shot 62% from the field, 58% from three. My goodness, they hit 14 at three-pointers this team was on fire and they couldn't be stopped um rockman had a great game uh charles matthews had a good game xavier simpson had a good game they had people duncan robbins had a good game as well they had people who you haven't heard of um this could have beaten any team in the nation by the way they played yesterday a hundred percent the way they played yesterday and then when you have uh texas a&m tyler davis had 24 I mean, where was Robert Williams? Yeah, he. You know, I mean, where was he? Where was he? He had a terrible game too. That's what the thing that the the curse then see the way the beauty and the curse then see the way term. You get one shot to prove yourself. It's not a seven game series. You show up, you bring your lunch, and they got their lunch taken away by Michigan. Yeah, I mean, this is the Michigan team I was looking for in the tournament, and I think. <laughs> I had mentioned to you that because the Big Ten tournament was moved up a week earlier, so they had that layoff. I think that kind of affected them. Mm-hmm. We saw that in the first two games, but I think they got their groove back. I mean, like you said, Mo mm-hmm. Wagner finally had a good game. He had 21 mm-hmm. points. Um, mm-hmm. Charles Matthews, St. Rita, Chicago stand-up. He had 18 mm-hmm. points. Um, Xavier mm-hmm. Simpson, 11 points, four rebounds, five assists, six steals, filled up a stat sheet. Rockman was yep. great. And to be honest with you, in the second half, Texas A&M put up 44 points. Yeah. They played second half. They were phenomenal offensively. The only thing is Michigan put up another 47 on them in the second Seven, half. They, exactly. I mean, when a team's hitting like that, I mean, for, they shot 61% from the field and 58 from three. Like, you cannot do nothing. They were just on fire. They were in rhythm. They had 21 assists as a team. The ball was moving. Everyone pitched in. It was just, I mean, it was a blowout from the beginning. 52 to 28 in the first half. I mean, the mm-hmm. game was over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Michigan, Michigan looked like the Michigan that I was expecting them to look like coming into the tournament. I think they have their groove back. And I think they're 
they can make it. They can make it all the way and win a championship. I had mentioned it earlier before the tournament started that Michigan has all the pieces to win a national title, and this is why. This was the game where I'm like, yeah. okay, this is the team that I was looking forward to seeing yeah. play. Yeah. You know, so now you look at the lead eight. Yeah. So now we look at the lead eight matchup. Uh, nine versus three. You got Florida State versus Michigan. Sounds like a really, really, really good bowl game. Uh, in football, <laughs> like ten years but, you ago, know, right? when you go to bas- Yeah, exactly. Uh, but when you go for basketball, I mean, what, do you, what what's your preview of this matchup between Florida State and Michigan? So, Michigan offensively, right there with Villanova, when they're on their game, if not, they're they could be better than Villanova. Um, but Florida State has the players, they have the athletes, and they have the depth to throw fresh bodies at them to give them a hard time scoring. Right? I have mm-hmm. Michigan in my Final Four, so I'm sticking with Michigan in my Final Four. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a close game. Florida State's going to, if they want to win, they need to make this game sloppy, ugly, physical. That the way Kansas State did to Kentucky, this is the Florida State has to do the same exact thing to Michigan because Michigan does not like to play that game, right? Mm-hmm. That's Florida State's game. They have the the yep. bodies to to be able to play that game for forty minutes because they're they're always rotating guys in full court pressing, causing turnovers, and just. Just making the game uncomfortable, right? You don't like to play the yeah. game that way as an offensive player. We all know that. We all we've played basketball. We hate playing games like that where it's just turnover and a foul, and the game's slow and it's you're breaking shots. So, yeah. I'm gonna go with Michigan, yeah. but I think Florida State's gonna make it very, very interesting. Yeah, I think it's gonna be an interesting game, uh, but not the way you think. I think Michigan does take this one, and I think they pull away at the end kind of in a convincingly fa- convincing fashion. Oh, I think they have okay. too much depth. I think Michigan, it will be close first half, mm-hmm. uh, but I think second half, I think the I think B-line squad is going to get it together. I think they're just going to run with it. Uh, they have too much momentum. They're riding extremely high. I don't think any team in the nation right now could beat Michigan right now at this moment. Um, I have them go- advancing to the Final Four. I think Mo Wagner, Rockman, uh, Poole, and those guys have a really good game combined. No, another takeaway of Florida State, they had a great run. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can make it interesting if they play high-flying, if they have a lot of lobs and alley-oops and momentum yeah, that's their game. plays, like, like a big block yeah, or, yeah. you know, like a steal that turns into a jam. So, like, things like that, that, that could really sway it. But they're not going to outshoot Michigan. No um, They're not going to, you know, they're, and, and they're not – and the way they play, it's, it's a different type of uh, style. So, you know, Michigan's more of a traditional team. They can speed up, slow it down. But, you know, Florida State's more of like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Once they get slowed down, I think uh, Michigan's got this game. Okay, so we both have Michigan moving on, and then you have them facing Loyola, and which will be interesting, <laughs> yeah. and I have them facing um, Kansas State. KSU, yeah. KSU. All right, so now <laughs> yeah. let's jump to the East region and okay. the game we're most looking forward to watching, Villanova, mm-hmm. West Virginia. How did that play out? I mean, it it was, I, I really, really, really thought West Virginia was like, okay, we're going to keep this close. But once again, it happened last game against Alabama. It was a close first half. And then what happened? Um, they go on a run. They go on a 6-0 run, a 7-0 run. And all of a sudden, it's 11-0. So that's, that's what they can do. They can turn one or two plays and anything can get them hot. Free throws, for, for, for goodness sake, free throws can get this team hot. Um, and, yeah. with, you know, Jalen Brunson goes for 27. Um, Omari Spellman had a great game. Oh, my God. Uh, 18 yeah, he was a Mikel Bridges. And he was just all over the place. Uh, he had that block that turned into a – that's the type of that game I'm saying. that when they, when they get a momentum-changing block and shift it all the way to a jam, 
the team wasn't going to be stopped. Uh, West Virginia, shouts out to them for getting uh, to Sweet 16. They had a really good first half. I don't know how their defense just let them, let them down in the second. Uh, Javon Carter had uh, 12 with eight assists. Uh, Kanate had 12, uh, nine, and then three blocks. I know me and you were talking about this, you know, a couple of days ago, like, mm-hmm. hey, can this guy really make an impact? And he kind of did. You know, he had, he had three blocks. He made his presence felt, but it wasn't enough. Um, Villanova wins convincingly. And, and again, in our last episode, I know we we're, we we're talking about taking Villanova and just filling in Nova, 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 Nova to the mm-hmm. sport. And that's going to be regardless who they're playing. Yeah, man. Um, first off, I just want to say, man, Javon Carter, senior, he's graduating. If somebody does not draft this guy in the second round with a late pick, if he's available, they're stupid. Because that's a guy mm-hmm. I will put on my team any day of the week. He goes after Absolutely. it. But, but, I mean, just like you said, Villanova goes on those runs, right? First half, they're up by two. And in the second half, they outscored Villanova, uh, West Virginia 46 to 36, right? They got hot. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson, right? That's the matchup where every the entire country was – was waiting to see was Jalen Brunson against um, Javon Carter. Goddamn, Jalen Brunson came out to play, dude. Like, I mean, twenty-seven points, eight of fifteen from the field. But mm-hmm. the way he, the way he was playing, right from the beginning of the game, I was like, this guy is is he's ready for the big stage, right? Because a lot he's of times, time, when, yeah. yeah, a lot of times you see when Javon Carter guards somebody, premier guards, they shy away from him, right? He beca- he's he's got an alpha mentality, right? He he imposes uh-huh. his will on players, and they shy away. Jalen Brunson, like when they're in full court pressing, Jalen Brunson's boxing Javon Carter out. He's getting the ball on offense, and he's putting him on the block and shooting fadeaways over him. Like when I saw that, I was like, man, this dude has all the confidence in the world that he's not going to stop me, right? When have yeah. you seen a guard take Javon Carter, put him on the block, and post him up? Never, <laughs> right? In, yeah, Rare, I mean, rarely, rarely. So, so, yeah, so Jalen Brunson set the tone. Spellman went toe-to-toe with Kanate, outplayed him. Um, and then, I mean, just look at Villanova's offense. 50% from the field, 54 from three, 85 from the free throw. They had 16 so assists. Balanced. They're just so efficient, man. And, and another thing, too, I just want to mention, I love Jay Wright, right? I think mm-hmm. if there's one coach in college basketball that can go to the next level and be successful, I would pick Jay Wright over anybody in the entire country. Yeah, I probably wouldn't disagree with you either. He's a great coach. He can he, turn mm-hmm. he can turn anyone into a, pretty much a star. <laughs> so, yeah, he could. I mean, I do Mikel Bridges again. You mentioned him. This dude is the epitome of efficiency. Right, sixteen points, six rebounds, four of eight from the field. Sixteen points on four on eight attempts is unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just mm-hmm. efficient. He takes his shots. He picks his spots. They're just so calm and they, they just know when to push the pace and how to play with tempo. They're, I mean, they're just a phenomenal team. Like we said, we penciled they're, them in all the way, and, and they haven't upset us one time. They've looked dominant their first three games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So the other matchup, Texas Tech-Purdue. This is second-Purdue. Uh, interesting game. Uh, no Isaac Haas for Purdue. I kind of predict yeah. about it. You know, I thought Texas Tech would run away with this. Um, I didn't think it'd be, you know, a 13-point game. But at first half, you know, Purdue played with them tough. I, I read up that Purdue mm-hmm. was actually uh, second in the NCAA in uh, three-point percentage and three-point make. So they can shoot it, even without Isaac Hase, you're still mm-hmm. going to be able to, to, to light it up. And, you know, and respectively, they did. They shot 7 of 18 from three compared to 5 of 17 uh, that Texas Tech did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't enough. They only shot six free throws, only got to the line six times, um, only had eight assists. So, you know, Texas Tech, 
congratulations to them for making it the first Elite Eight in their school's history. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. Smith had 13. Keenan Evans had 16. Gray had, Justin Gray had 12. And then Zach Smith off the bench was Off 14. the bench, 14. Really, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they played very balanced. I, I like the way they played, actually. I thought Texas Tech was slightly of an overrated team, but, man, they could really run out and play. And they have a different type of skill sets. They have guys who are, like, anywhere from 6'4 to 6'7 who can do a lot of different things. So they're, they're kind of unorthodox, but they make it work. Yeah. I like the way they played. Me too, yeah. And I've liked, honestly, I've liked Texas Tech all year because they do run an NBA-style offense with the type of players they have. A bunch of guys that are versatile, you know, between like 6'4", six, 6'7". Six, they can, you know, handle the ball. They can shoot threes. They play defense. They rebound. They can switch on defense, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Isaac Cos was missing. Um, you know, his presence would have made a difference, I think. I don't know if it would have won him the game, but he definitely would have been a big presence down low. Carson Edwards had a monster game, 30 points. Oh, yeah. Vince Edwards... He was this. He was the other guy that I think if he had a, a big game along with Carson Edwards, Purdue would have pulled this out. He's a great player, but he was six of 14, 12 points. He had thirteen rebounds, um, but he just didn't shoot the ball well. And I think that's what really hurt them. Is Carson Edwards was really the only guy that that played well for them. And Texas Tech had yeah. four, five, six guys. I mean, look at their bench, right? They had um, mm-hmm. Zach Smith fourteen, Stevenson had nine, Moretti had seven. They're you know 20, mm-hmm. pl- 20 plus points, almost thirty points, and off the bench, that's how they are. They're a lot like um, Florida State where they can throw bodies at you. Everyone pitches in. Everyone's on the court. The coach yep. subs in fresh bodies. And it's a lot to deal with, especially, you know, when you're going up against their defense and they're constantly switching on defense. You never have, you know, really open lanes or mismatches because everyone's the same size. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Texas exactly. Tech, I've, 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 I've honestly, I've liked them all year, just, just the way they play. I like their players. Zaire Smith is showing out freshman. He's he's I think he's raising his draft stock, um, and they move on. So I mean it's it's Texas Tech Villanova, and I think we both agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean we no, pencil Villanova. Villanova. I, yeah. Do too. I have to do I have to explain more? You know what I mean? No, we <laughs> I'm I'm taking Nova, man. I'm taking Nova I, and too. And it's not it's it's nothing against the Red Raiders at all. They're just running into the probably the best team in the country. I mean, I, like I said, Michigan looked like they're the best team when the way they played yesterday, but they haven't been consistent. Nova's been consistent. I mean, great. Look at, I mean, look at their wins, right? Their first game against yeah. Radford. Uh, it's Radford, uh, but I mean, yeah. UMBC is UMBC, and that didn't play exactly. Out, but they won by uh, twenty six. Second round, they won by uh, twenty three or twenty four against Alabama, and today um, they beat West Virginia by twelve. So I mean, they've won by double digits, and they've won convincingly. Where second half they're just running away from teams. So yeah, yeah, we both so, have. Villanova I'm, I'm going forward. with Nova. Yep. Okay. And um, so let's go down to the Midwest. We had Kansas and Clemson. Interesting game, very interesting game. Um, Kansas had a big lead, huge lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe up it was thir- twenty points thir- at one time. Yeah, was it twenty up- points at one time. I think it, it was. Yeah, it was a, around twenty a half. It was forty to twenty-seven. So they were up thirteen going into the half. Yeah, and and Clemson clawed their way back. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a four point four point loss for Clemson, but they clawed their way back. Um, but Kansas showed what they can really do. And when your starting lineup is pretty much all in double digits, mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Cram, 16, 4, and 5. Uh, Legero Vic had 13 and, uh, 13 and 8. Uh, Azabuki, 14 yeah, he was and 11, huge. double-double. And Malik Newman had a nice game with 17 and 7. It's, they're, hard, they're tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Bill Self is not going to let this team lose this easy. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a big lead, he's he, obviously he's not going to try to blow it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So they try to put the foot on the gas. 
Uh, they they scored 40 points in each half, which is very balanced. Mm-hmm. Clemson um, had a great game. I mean, at the end, they kind of played DeVoe too late. Gabe had a monster yeah, game. Yeah, Gabe DeVoe had, yeah, thir- 31 and 9. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't enough because they didn't do it early on. Um, That's what, yeah. I didn't think Clemson – I didn't – I mean, Clemson to me, when, when I looked at them uh, and their road, I thought New Mexico State could, was going to upset them. Uh, but the fact that they got all the way there to Kansas and actually clawed with them was really was really something to watch. Um, but that's why Kansas is Kansas, you know. Bill Self has these guys going, and now they're in the Elite Eight uh, for the third straight year. Yeah, and, you know, the scary thing with Kansas is Devontae Graham still really hasn't had a good game, right? Yeah, I mean, he, 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 games, he had 16, yeah. 5, and 4. He controls the pace of the entire game for Kansas. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. He does a phenomenal job playing. He plays great defense. Before 12 shooting, like he has, still hasn't had a good shooting game. But throughout all these games, Malik Newman, LeGerald Vick, um, Mikayla, they've all been pitching in and kind of carrying, not carrying Kansas, but you know what I mean? Like helping out yeah. the fact that Graham isn't really playing like Devontae Graham, the big uh, the player of the year in his conference. So yeah. we still really haven't seen the best Kansas yet, right? The best Kansas yeah. is when Devontae Graham's dropping 20 plus and shooting over 50%. So they could yeah. be scary going into you know going into the lead eight. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, the lead eight. Yeah. Um, so and down. Used uh, a great game. I mm-hmm. the game was a nail biter. Uh, how did you think this game played out? Um, what, what are your thoughts, uh, Duke Syracuse? I mean, Syracuse, man, that zone kept them in the game the entire game. Right? They played. I mean, look at their start. They played two guys off the bench. Right, they both played eleven minutes. <laughs> yeah. Brice, O'Shea Brissett, who I think is having a coming out party, he's also a freshman. He's had a great tournament. Played forty mm-hmm. minutes. Um, Howard forty minutes. Ty's battle forty minutes. Like these guys didn't even sit out for one second. And their other two started. Um, Dolize and Chuck Wu played twenty nine minutes. So the thing with Syracuse is they don't have enough depth, and they still only lost by four points. You know what I mean? Like if they had yeah. depth, if they had guys mm-hmm. coming off the bench, maybe a couple more bodies that are capable scorers. Pitch in four to six points, they could have easily won this game, right? Yeah. Um, rebounding, they out rebounded Duke, which was surprising to me because in a zone, usually you get out rebounded. Um, but I mean, Duke was, I mean, Duke was able to handle it. Like, right, like we mentioned before, Duke just has enough talent, right? Bagley, yeah. 22 and seven. Wendell Carter had a nice game, 14 and 12. Grayson didn't shoot well. Um, but he pitched in 15. He had eight assists, so at least he was creating for his team, right? Gary Trent, mm-hmm. he had an off-game shooting, two of eight from three. Honestly, mm-hmm. Duke, Duke clawed their way out of this game, right? They were up in yeah. the first half by seven. Syracuse outscored them 38-35 in the second half, but they just gave themselves enough lead knowing that Syracuse doesn't really have a great offense. That's mm-hmm. all it was. Like, I don't think Duke played well. I don't think I think Duke played bad, but I think just Syracuse didn't have enough offensively to to steal this game. Yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't think Duke really showed how dominant they could be, and this is how, what I feel about them all season long. They have so mm-hmm. much talent, and yeah. I just feel like they haven't hit what they can really be. Uh, they have stretches where they look so good and so dominant, but today against Syracuse, I mean. You know, Ty, uh, battle for Syracuse had a great game. He did. Um, I mean, he kept him. He kept him in it. I mean, um, and then at the end, it came down to free throws. He could have made it a three-point game, unfortunately. Uh, but Syracuse, man, it, it, like you were saying, if they had some depth or if they had someone who could contribute like that, they had a pretty good game. Dolze had had a nice tipping at the end. He looked mm-hmm. he looked pretty promising. 
Um, Chukwu had a good game. He was he was all over the place. Uh, they came out early and really athletic with dunks. Yeah. And the thing is, if you notice, Duke kind of went into went into that zone uh, early and often. They, I think I think it was kind of like a mess. Like, okay, we we can do this too. Well, the inter- it was kind of weird. The way, yeah. Well, the thing is with Duke. Um, so Duke to begin the year they were playing man, but Coach K realized that Marvin Bagley and Carter could not guard pick and rolls. So mm-hmm. for the first time, I think in Coach K's career, Duke played majority zone the entire season. Yeah, because they just couldn't play man. But um, I mean, shout out to Syracuse fan. I mean, they played TCU, who was one of the highest scoring teams in the nation. Michigan State and Duke, all three of these teams were three of the highest scoring teams in the nation, and they held them to fifty-two. Right? They held Michigan at fifty-three and Duke to sixty-nine, which is good against Duke. You know what I mean? So yeah. that zone really did did, <laughs> did ramble a lot it of did. teams, but. Against Duke, like you just needed something extra because of the talent Duke has. You needed someone that doesn't contribute, maybe someone off the bench to come give you six, eight points, whatever, and that would have been a game mm-hmm. changer. But it's hard to rely on yeah. your, your college kids to play forty minutes and 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 beat a, a Duke team that has five star recruits all over the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the different looks. You were right when you were saying that Duke has shown of looks of zone. Um, when I'm looking at the stat sheet here, Syracuse actually outshot them mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, 49% compared to 39. Uh, had a better three point percentage. Free we'll look at the free throws. Key, obviously, that was yeah, that, that was the key. game changer. 28 to, to 17. 28 attempts to 17 attempts. That's huge. Um, yeah. I mean, again, that's what happens when you have the five star talent. Uh, Beheim does yeah. a great job, though, man. Shout out to Beheim, man. He oh, really, really gets these guys playing hard. Uh, that zone looks like a trap at all times. Like it looks like you're not gonna get a bucket out of it. It's yeah, just crazy I, how he. I don't even he know. Has, it feels like there's six guys on the court sometimes. I don't even know. Like I don't even know if it's a two. It's not even a two three. Like I don't even know what kind of zone it is. Because you say zone. two three, but then you. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just like they're everywhere. Honestly, like it's yeah, a, it's, it's like a, six guys on the court. It's, it's literally like six guys on the court. Yeah, it's a matchup zone. It's a two three zone and a three two zone all at the same time. <laughs> like I mean, I don't know how crazy. you prepare for something like that. So yeah. Duke yeah. moves on, and then we have yeah. Duke and Kansas in the Elite Eight. Oh. Wow. Two powerhouse uh, programs, historical yeah. programs. Yeah, how do you, how do you very, think that plays uh, out? Bill Self versus Coach K. I mean, jeez. Devontae I mean, Grant, this is like, this, senior, this, this, Grayson yep. Allen, senior. Yeah, Grace Allen. Then you got, oh, man, Azubuki and Malik Newman. And then you got Marvin Bagley. and I, I love Gary Trent. Um, yeah, he can clutch. shoot. He can shoot um, the ball, man. That guy can shoot yeah, the ball. And that matchup is going to be something I really have to look like. Jeez, look at this matchup. You know what? It, it's going to be interesting because the the way these teams play. You know, you say it's two powerhouses. Everyone's looking. Everyone's eyes is on this matchup. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for this matchup. The one and the two, right? The one bre- The yeah, one region that played out. Come down, and I don't think it's going to come down to like a game winning three. I think it's going to come down to free throws. It's always going to come down to free throws with teams like this. Um, because think about it. If you're down, you're going to play the free throw game. Of course. Uh, if you get, you know I mean? You have to hit your free throws early and often keep yourself in the game. They're going to be playing at such a high level that adrenaline's going to be up. I think Kansas moves on. I think, like you said, you haven't seen a full Devontae uh, Graham mm-hmm. game. I think this is where he actually steps up and shows why he's potentially the player of the year, the wooden award winner. Uh, I mean, he's a big 12 player of the year. This is why he's going to show, hey, I'm just like Frank Mason. I can get you somewhere as well. Um, so I got Bill Self's crew uh, rolling into the final four. Okay. So, I mean, just looking at this matchup, both Duke and Kansas, they don't really have good depth, right? 
off the bench. It's mm-hmm. really, yeah. it's really. I mean, look at Duke, right? Randall Carter, thirty-three minutes. Bagley, thirty-nine. Grayson Allen played forty. Gary Trent played forty. It's it's R five against your five, right? It's mm-hmm. bunch of bunch of five star recruits going at each other. Yeah, I, honestly, I this is a toss up for me, man. And again, I'm just gonna disagree with you, and I'm just gonna pick Duke. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just, <laughs> just to for be the sake of argument. <laughs> just for the sake of argument, I'm just gonna pick Duke. Um, I think. I think this game, I think both teams are going to struggle offensively in this game. Mm-hmm. I think they're two really good teams. I think they're both going to get after it defensively. Um, but I think Bagley might be the game changer. Bagley and Carter have been playing phenomenal together. They've, I mean, Wendell Carter is putting up double-doubles every game. He's getting better mm-hmm. every single game. I was kind of low on him coming into the draft. A lot of people have him rated high, but I'm seeing why they have him rated going maybe top 10. Right, top eleven, yeah, top twelve. His potential, yeah. He he has potential. He's getting better every game. Bagley's, I mean, every time you look at a Duke box score, Bagley's got twenty plus and like seven plus rebounds. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Grayson's gonna have another bad shooting game. I don't think Trent's gonna have another bad shooting game. Duvall had two points against the zone, so I think Trayvon, the, but yeah, yeah. So Trayvon Duvall, right? I don't think he's a good enough shooter to, to be effective in his own. But Kansas plays man. And I think he's really good off the dribble. So I think he'll be able to get himself going, getting into the lane, creating for his teammates. I'm going to go Duke. It's going to be close. I think Duke will pull pull away late, you know, maybe by six points, and then it'll become a foul game. But I think I think Duke will take it, man. I, just, I mean, again, okay. I, just just to disagree with you. Just just, yeah. Away, yeah. Agree to disagree. Yeah, I feel you. So, um, so just to give everyone yeah. kind of a, a summary of your final four, what's your final mm-hmm. four? Um, I have Loyola Chicago, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> I know. Um, and then Loyola, uh, Michigan, Villanova, Kansas. Okay. And I have Kansas State, Michigan, Villanova, and Duke as okay. my final four. Um, and it still sounds kind of weird that Kansas State's in the final. <laughs> I mean, it's going to sound weird regardless because Kansas State uh, I know. or Loyola. Or even Florida yeah. State is going to be in the Final Four. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I mean, if you look at it, look at South South Carolina last year. They made it all the way to the Seven seed. Mm-hmm. Who thought they were going to go? I mean, and then you look at uh, uh, Sindarius Thor- uh, who is Sindarius Thornwell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's in the NBA now. He's on, so he's on, and he's, he's on the Clippers. He's on the Clippers. He's, he's, he's playing. He plays. Yeah, he's he, balling, started, yeah. he started. Um, mm-hmm. He I mean, I saw him in college, and I saw him. And I mean, I – Again, I only saw him in the tournament, but I saw yeah, him. Like, this dude, yeah. I was like, this dude could play in the NBA. Like, that's the cool thing about the tournament. That's what one of my favorite things. Like, you see guys, you see coaches, you see different type of coaching schemes and, and styles of play, like, mm-hmm. that you don't get to see all year, right? Like, people yeah. didn't get to see Nevada play all year, right? Nevada's yep. been good. And then you don't get to see teams really like Florida State. I mean, Florida State's a big powerhouse program, football, but no one really pays attention to their basketball. But here you go, exactly. they have, they're in, a, you know, in the Elite Eight. You know what I mean? So it's awesome yeah. to see guys, and you get to see players that come out of nowhere, and, and they make a name for themselves, and they get, you know, they they raise their draft stock, or even they get they put themselves on the map to even get drafted late in the second round. And we've seen every year you find gems in the second round, right? So, absolutely, I think and that's the gonna, beauty of the beauty of the tournament, man. That is the absolute beauty of the tournament. Like you see these matchups, you see like like Marshall. You called out Marshall. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Mike D'Antoni's brother was coaching him, and now yeah. I see him. And, now I now I get the feeling that like Marshall uh next year, you know, they're gonna recruit a whole bunch of three point snipers. You know what I mean? So 
it, it's it's mm-hmm. things like that that can help teams too. Like UMBC is probably going to get a few different type of recruits now. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams like uh, Nevada, even Loyola, you know, you're going to get some different type of recruit. People are going to put more respect on their names. Um, so kids can come out and be like, yeah, I'm going to stay. Like if you're from Chicago, yeah, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to play for Loyola. Or if you're from Nevada, hey, I'm going to play for the Wolfpack. So it's, exactly. it's going to be it's, it's good for the future of basketball as well. And that, for recruiting, of course, for the for recruiting. Yeah, especially for those smaller programs or smaller schools that don't get a lot of airtime. Like they can put themselves on the map and show them, like, hey, you, you guys can stay in 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 town and play for us. Like we're good. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, man, I love it. There's so it's just so yeah. much going on, and and just to kind of just I'm just curious right now. Yeah, what's up? If you were to pick an MOP most outstanding player of the tournament to this point, who would it be for you? Ooh. Uh, I'm looking at these teams right now. Um, probably got to go Jalen Brunson, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. I, with I, I, I mean, like, because if you think about it, uh, Aiton, DeAndre Aiton's out. Trey yeah. Young's out. Gilgis Alexander's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Martin Twins are both out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo Bamba's out. Uh, Joel Berry's out. Like, there's so many good players. A Bluet from uh, Trevon Bluet's out. McCure is yeah. out from oh. Xavier too. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy how many good teams. Like, well, they were good. I mean, so they lost. Oh, uh, Miles Bridges, who was like my favorite like, college player. Powerhouse crazy. programs. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, these are historical programs yeah. that are always in, and they're all out. It's crazy, man. Yeah. So I mean, so, yeah, yeah, Brunson. Yeah, I'm going Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I I would agree. I think he would be my vote getter right now if I had to vote I'd pick Jalen Brunson of course a lot of things can they can lose in the next round and then it completely changes obviously MLP is going to go to the team that wins the champion yeah. and has the best player but I mean to this point Villanova's looks so damn good and he's I been know. so damn good like he just man he he knows how to run a freaking offense that guy like he executes yeah. Jay Wright's game plan to a T every single game yeah. and he's done it three rounds in a row man so yeah I mean if you look at uh, Jay Wright, you know, he's always had some great guards. You know, you look at Kyle Lowry, uh, Scotty Alan Reynolds. Ray, <laughs> Scotty that, Reynolds. You remember that awesome. team? All of them were on the same yeah. team. Yeah, and they had oh, Randy Foy. Randy Foy. Randy Foy. But man, and, I, I mean, so Jalen Brunson is the next one out of that group. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, just, go ahead. So what – so I was going to ask you, what's more surprising to you, Loyola getting this far – or a team like Arizona getting bounced with such a talented uh, squad. So, okay. So if I would, I mean, to me, the two biggest surprises are Loyola getting this far and then Virginia losing even more than, mm-hmm. than Arizona, because Arizona, we've seen mm-hmm. it happen before, right? We've seen Duke lose to Lehigh when they were stupidly talented, right? We've yeah. seen, right. I mean, it's a four, it's a 13, four, like we've seen this happen yeah. before. So it's not as shocking. Um, but I mean, a sixteen-one we've never seen in our life. Yeah. And then Loyola Chicago, even though they are eleven, and we've seen an eleven seed come, I think it's just more surprising to us because we're from Chicago, and it's like Loyola. Like we know people that have gone yeah. there. Like we know tons of people that have graduated from there. It's crazy. And we talk about Chicago it, it, basketball. It's always like U of I, even though they're not that great. But then, then it's DePaul, and then no one ever mentions Loyola. So I think it's it, to me, it's Loyola is the biggest surprise, honestly. And you know what's funny though. 
people say it's like U of I first. What about Northwestern? They made it. They they won last it, year they, too. Yeah, last year. Yeah, and they were a pretty solid Chicago. I, like now, it's gonna be like who's the best Chicago team, Loyola or Northwestern? Exactly. DePaul, unless DePaul changes conferences and they go from are they still in the, they're still in the Big East? Uh, if I'm if I'm correct, they're still in the Big East. Um, and then they, if they, move, they have to go to like, they, they have to go to a mid major or something. I don't know what they're going to do because they haven't been good in a while. Yeah. They're in the big, they're that's never the going to get the yeah. hell out of there. <laughs> like, let's yeah, be real. So, yeah. And, and so the thing is now it's, who's going to be the best Chicago, actual Chicago, because U of I is in Champaign. So yeah, actual true. Chicago program, Northwestern versus Loyola. And if they have some kind of matchups, that'd be pretty cool to watch. Yeah. And, and, so, DePaul, and I, that's and my I, takeaway. And I hope, you know what I mean? Like, I hope that, Loyola making it this far does it good for our Chicago programs, right? Hopefully the mm-hmm. kit because I mean Chicago is one of the best in the country at producing basketball players, right? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. As far as depth and and, and the the amount of good basketball players Chicago has from St. Rita to Simeon to Morgan Park and actually U of I just a cool fact U Whitney of I, Young, Whitney Young too, but U of I actually has a five star recruit from Morgan Park. Yeah, going there. Yeah, like, I saw. I yeah, saw that. he's ranked like 34 in the nation. So that's, I mean, that's a good sign. It, it honestly takes one guy, and then hopefully slowly they'll start to build and keep Chicago guys. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not getting the top players from a Morgan Park, from a Simeon, if you get, like, those teams yeah. are stacked with, like, Simeon usually has two or three guys that go D1. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So if you can, mm-hmm. even if you don't get the top, like, say, the Jabari Parker, for example, if you get one yeah. of his teammates, that's a four-star recruit, a three-star recruit. That's how you build a program, and and that's what Loyola has done over the years. And, and, and quietly, that no one's been paying it attention. It pans to. out. It's it's worked out for them, right? Now they got guys that are seniors. Ingram is a Simeon player, right? He's a senior. So like, mm-hmm. if they can, if hopefully these programs start to do that, hopefully our Chicago kids and our Chicago ballers just want to stay represent for the city, like like yeah. Loyola is doing. I would be so down for it, and I hope. Yeah, I, I would be happy. Yeah, I would be happy. I mean, it's going to be an interesting Final Four after uh, these mm-hmm. weekend's games um, yeah. from the, for the lead eight. So we're going to have our eye open for those and the eye open for the Final Four and then our championship predictions, um, Yeah, which won't look so surprising at the end of the day. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I, I don't think it looks so surprising. Um, we'll definitely do, um, just to give everyone a heads up, we're going to do a recap of the tournament. We'll drop a podcast. We'll recap the championship game, the final four. Um, maybe compare my bracket to your bracket, see who did better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll or who did actually who picked the who picked the worst picks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much like that. Who picked the worst picks? But uh, we'll do some fun, do a recap, um, talk about you know our favorite moments from the tournament. Um, there's going to be a lot of mm-hmm. them. Oh yeah, and this then, is one of the best tournaments I've yeah, seen oh, in a me while too. in a long time. Yeah, entertaining, for, very entertaining. So we'll definitely look out for that. We'll drop that. Again, you guys can listen to this podcast on Anchor. Um, I'll post a link for you guys. It's also now available on Apple. I know everybody has iPhones. So if you guys have the Apple Podcast app, search up Ball Diary on there. You guys can listen to it there. Rate us. Subscribe. Leave honest ratings. Mm-hmm. I don't care. If you have criticism, mm-hmm. leave it there too. We want to know. Um, but Absolutely. This is something that we're going to do consistently. It's grind season. We're not going to stop. So – Look out for these yeah. to drop consistently every week. Um, we just want to give you guys the best content, um, give you guys quality content, and, and hopefully you guys start to interact with us, give us some ideas of what we could talk about. Um, but, yeah. man, eh, 
So and and to wrap things up, I know we're talking so much of college ball. We didn't forget about the NBA. That oh, will be no. coming soon. This is just <laughs> that, so yeah. we're just so sunk into March Madness. It's kind of like the World Cup. Everybody loves soccer when the World Cup. I mean, on. the NBA is kind of having loves- its own March Madness yeah. in the background right now with the playoff race and exactly. and injuries and going I mean, to yeah. Steph Curry just got hurt again, so we have so much to talk about. And yeah. not the NBA, dude, we're going to have a lot to cover. I know, I can't wait. Um, well, like I said, like we said, follow us, Twitter, Instagram, for me, at mm-hmm. BayStan, uh, for Ray, be at NBA for Twitter. Uh, let us know what you guys think, and uh, stay tuned for another chapter. All right, man. Chapter two, wrapped up. Have a In good night, my dude. <laughs> you too. All right, Take man, care. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Bye.